Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm still at this hotel and trying to get some rest. And uh, I just want to thank you for tuning in to RBM. RBM is a, uh, a ministry, missionary ministry, mission agency that covers several countries throughout the world with the gospel and consistent continuous trips. Uh, Cuba is our uh, star country. And we have been there now for close to 16 times, heading on again uh, this year uh, in, in November 2022. And, of course, we're going to be in October in Brazil at a large conference on the north of Brazil. Never been there before. Those of you who are Brazil people, I want to invite you to that trip. We still have about six or seven, eight seats available for that in October 2023. Amen. And of course, uh, in, uh, uh, and of course, uh, that's it. Uh, by the way, we're in Brazil in June 2023. From the 5th to the, to the 16th. That's our date. June 6th, 16th, 2023. Uh, in June. And there's a large group from Mount Bethel going. Mount Bethel is the church that had revival in Marietta, Georgia, just like a revival uh, over there at uh, Asbury Theological Seminary, Monbeth is in revival, and I saw a large crowd of people seeking the, the face of God. Amen? And so, don't, don't, don't forget that. Don't forget that, that we are going to Brazil in June 2023, 5-15. Okay? It'll be, it'll be a time of renewal. We're going to visit Juiz de Fora, with a group, and we're going to visit Petropolis and minister at the large church there. So I'm looking forward to be with you and to be a part of your life. I want to share today, the, the title is The Sign of Jonah. Let me read it to you. The, then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees. Scribes were a part of the Pharisees because they shared the same doctrine. And so Jesus now is in conversation with the scribes and Pharisees. And, of course, uh, answer, saying, Master, we would see a sign from you. Master, we want to see a sign from you. What kind of sign we're talking about? We're talking about a sign that communicates with them. Because Jesus was giving them demon-possessed people healed, dumb and, and blind healed, delivered, and all kinds of signs and wonders being displayed by the mighty hand of God. And yet they want to see a political sign. You see, when you see that disparity of, of spiritual position, you've got to know there's something behind these scribes and Pharisees that is just very, very dark, morbid. And uh, the reason why is because they were guilty. The, the Pharisees and scribes, Abandon the temple of God, sacrificing children to the to God of Moloch. Uh, the sanctuary was dirty. The lamp was all not lit anymore. There's no more shoe bread. The altar of incense is just dry. There's nothing there. The doors are open. The wind is coming in, and it is all dirty. Why? Because they're worshiping another god somewhere. 
they found another idea on how to please God. And the idea was simply this. Let's go ahead and worship Baal. Worship Malak. And everything will be okay. And it wasn't okay. And so, and so he simply says, Jesus says, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. As you know, a sign is something that displays the glory of God. For them is a political movement. They want to know if Rome would come and finally do what needs to be done. They were, uh, we're talking about, we are, we are not right now at uh, year one. Matthew is relating the year of, of, the, of the birth of Jesus. And so Matthew is very concerned about what's going to happen in the events. And he says, and so Jesus says, For as Jonah was three days, in three nights, in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now that's a sign. Now, you probably say, Rick, is he prophesying? Well, you see, Jonah happened on 862 before Christ, 862 years before Christ. And Jesus is simply using the experience of Jonah to tell them what they need to know. That when you, when you want more than the perfect will of God for your life, when you begin worshiping idols, when you begin to listen to thirds as to the direction of your spiritual life, you lose contact with the Almighty. Because you are now captive to a thought, a thought, a thought, an idea of somebody else. And so Jesus moves them, the scribes and Pharisees and all of those following them, that what they need is a sign of Jonah. What they need is what really God called. Now, if you look to Jonah, God said to him, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. So Nineveh is embedded into the same thing of the year one, which is the, the Pharisees, the scribes, the empty, the empty temple. And Nineveh needed to be cried against because they were sinning against God. It was the capital of the uh, Assyrian Empire, which was the dominant force in the world at that time. The message was to Jonah, by the Holy Spirit, you go to, arise and go to Nineveh, must have been a shock to the prophet. What am I going to do there by myself? Well, why should I go over there? And of course, no prophet ever been sent as such to the Gentiles, especially to those as cruel as the Nineveh, the people in the government of the Nineveh, uh, uh, this Assyrian, they were cruel. They killed on sight. They forgave no one, children included, women included. So the command of the Lord was cry against it. And as we come into revival in America these days, which is everywhere, Cuba is in unbelievable revival. Brazil is an unbelievable revival. Churches everywhere. Thousands, millions are coming to Christ. Uh, uh, America is, is experiencing revival. There's a church in Atlanta called Mount Bethel. And there's a great revival. I saw the presence of God there. I saw new people that never been to church before. 
And as the, progress, the service progresses now in more services, there will be more people coming to Christ to fill the church and pack the congregation there. Amen? And so, Jonah, as the prophet called of God, refused. And he begins to flee from the Lord. And so I'm saying to you that if the Lord, he, flee, he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish to Tarshish instead of Nineveh from the presence of the Lord. Now the presence of the Lord in this is that presence that connects to you in your direction and your purpose. It is that voice of God that calls you to do this and do that and do that. To be under the presence of the Lord is to be led by the Spirit of God. It's to be led as to what to do instead of finances, but spiritually speaking. And so, Jesus is saying to us when He says, uh, adulterers seek after a sign. Jesus says, the problem with Nineveh is to repent. The sign of Nineveh is repentance. Repentance is what we need. A bishop in the North Georgia area invited people for communion and said to all of them, don't need to repent. Just come. Don't need to repent. And of course, when you take repentance out of communion, you quench the Holy Spirit of God. And when you quench the Holy Spirit of God, you bless them against the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible says, whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven. But whosoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, she spoke against the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, it says, it shall not be forgiven her, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. You've got to be very careful here. Because as God begins to manifest His presence, don't you belittle the Holy Spirit. Some of you have a resistance against the vocal gifts, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. You need to change that. Humble yourself and say, Lord, I, if it is from you, I receive it. You've got to find a way. So the problem with Nineveh was repentance. That's what I want to get to, is repentance. Without repentance, you're not involved with the Jesus that died on the cross and rose from the dead and sent into heaven. Repentance is key, a key factor in coming to Christ in your personal life. And so for when you begin to look at Jonah chapter, chapter 1 and 2, the command of cry against it, meaning they will change their minds and repent. Okay? If you go to John 16, 8, 9, and 10, and 11, it says, When the Holy Spirit has come, He shall convict. Conviction is repentance. You fall into yourself, and you begin to say, Oh, God, have mercy upon me. God, God, have mercy upon my life. Deliver me, Lord, from this idea that I'm, I am serving you without repentance. See, if we don't repent, there's nothing going to change in you, and you are resisting the Holy Spirit of God. You begin to resist you begin to cause the Holy Spirit to be quenched by your actions, by what you do. And when you quench the Holy Spirit of God, you begin to die. And when you begin to die, you begin to live according to somebody else's opinion. Somebody else's prophetic utterances. Somebody else's voice. Somebody else's, this is what I'm going to do. And that is going to end in a horrible thing because nothing will work for you until you repent and come to God and submit to His perfect will, which has got to be against yours. So verse 40, 
uh, I want to read to you. He says, he talks about the three days. It's a prophetic statement. A prophetic statement. Age number back in there, 862 years before Christ. Now, is that a prophetic statement to the scribes and Pharisees of that day? What is Jesus saying to them? Well, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, shall condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. If you go to uh, your Bible and to Luke 23. Amen. Luke 23, uh, verses 43. It says, And Jesus said unto him, He's talking about a penitent sinner at the cross. Verily I say unto you, Today you shall be with me in paradise. It's a fact. It's not a question, as some claim. His stay in paradise would be very short. Some three days. He would accompany Christ, the penitent at the cross, the sinner, Barabbas. Accompany Christ to heaven along with other persons in paradise, which include the Old Testament saints. Now, what this has to do uh, with, with Jonah? It's because as you repent instantly, the Bible says to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. Instantly, you come into eternity and salvation. Notice the man is about to be hung on the cross. He's hanging on the cross already. And he looked around and began to... Listen, and the other in the cross said, If you are God, why don't you send angels to, 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 to release us? And, and this penitent at the cross simply said, uh, You've got to stop doing that. Uh, we deserve what we have done. But this on, my, on the middle here, he does not deserve, for there's no sin in him. And Jesus responds to him and says, Today you shall be with me in paradise. And so repentance... Is that quick? This is what God, through, through Jesus, is speaking as using Jonah. Because when Jonah ran away from God to, to, to Tarshish instead of Nineveh, God began to judge him and brought him into a compliance. And a great whale swallowed him and vomited him three days later in the beaches of Nineveh. And there he was convicted. And he repented of his sin. And the whole city repented after him. And so we want revival in America today. We want God to come in and begin convicting the churches. Most churches that have no presence of God are empty today. There's thousands of empty pews all over America. But there's a great revival coming up. A great revival already in Brazil in which millions. Brazil has 300 million people. 40% 40% of evangelicals in Brazil claim Jesus Christ as the Lord of life. They believe in the sign of Jonah, that three days Jesus stayed in the belly of the whale. Uh, 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 Jonah stayed in the belly of the whale, and he, he resurrected three days later, as Jesus was three days in the dark. Now, let's go to a scripture here that I want to share with you. It's, 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 uh, it's 1 Peter 3 and 20 and 19. 1 Peter 3 says, By which also he went... And preached unto the spirits in prison. Why am I bringing this to you? It's because the idea of repentance here, okay, 
the idea of this sign of Jonah, which is repentance. Jonah is saying, when he repented, thousands repented. Now, what are you, who is Jonah? A minor prophet. Well, who are you? A preacher. If you repent, thousands will repent. So repentance begins with the leadership of the church. It doesn't begin with the people. It begins with the leaders. Jonah repented. And I like to see preachers kneeling down, facing the congregation and saying, God, I have sinned against you. I ask you to, re- to forgive my sin, God. Sin of omission. Sin of commission. Sin of, of, of spiritual adultery. I have worship of the gods. Oh, God, have mercy upon me. I just ask you, Lord, to have mercy upon my life and deliver me from sin. And as the preachers begin to repent before God, God will then convict the people of God, and they all come to receive forgiveness and repentance. And so, let's take a look at uh, at uh, 1 Peter 3.19. It says, which, which we, By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. <laughs> Jesus, even dead... <laughs> went into the prison of, of spiritual people that were in bondage and set them free. It does not refer here to human beings, okay? I need to change that. But rather to fallen angels. Humans in the Bible are never referred to in this particular manner. These were probably the fallen angels who tried to corrupt the human race by cohabitating with women in in, in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. But Jesus saw necessary to move into that area, which some were disobedient shortly before the flood, where when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. This eruption of fallen angels with women taking place in the time of Noah, this was probably a hundred or so years before the flood, while an ark was being prepared. And so what, 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 what Jesus, was the Holy Spirit is saying, is that as God sends Noah to build an ark, eight people were inside of the ark. The repentance of eight people, as the whole world was flooded down, caused this revival today. The revival today is because of eight people. Eight people in the times of Noah, they repented and came into the ark. And so repentance is powerful. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Which the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. It doesn't refer to being saved from sin. They were saved from drowning. But they repented. They repented before God. As they saw millions coming in, trying to get into that ark, and thousands trying to force their way in through those large gates, and it closed down, and water from the bottom of the earth began to spew out and flooded the whole earth. Eight men, eight and women, were saved. Let me ask you this. Are you considering repenting before God? Are you considering inviting Jesus Christ into your heart? Are you considering say, God, I have sinned against you? I told you, if the leaders of the church kneel down, instead of facing the cross, facing the people, because if you confess before men, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny before my Father who is in heaven. And so it's impossible. Every time that I confess Jesus Christ, one way or the other, is in front of a lot of people. And I thought that if I said what I said, I would have been taken out and hung to dry. But God instead blessed my ministry more and more and more and more as I confess 
and I repent before people for my sins and ask God to bless me. There was a great man of God uh, in the Bible, and uh, he is one of the greatest evangelists that ever hit South America. His name was Jim Swaggart. In the morning after the morning program of his television service, he confessed his sin before America. A lot of people laughed at him and ridiculed him. But today he's got to be the greatest, the largest, the most sophisticated ministry that involves the whole earth. In other words, the Bible that, that, uh, that this ministry put together, it's called the Expositor's Study Bible. I'd like for you to have one of them because not only this Bible is vital to spiritual growth, but it's one of the best-selling Bibles in, in Brazil. Let me ask you this. Are you in the mood of repenting? Are you in the mood of repenting? Now let's go back to verse 41 of Jonah, and I'll show you how this happened. Go to Jonah. Uh, why do you find Jonah? Before Micah, before Nahum, before Habakkuk, before Zephaniah, before Matthew. So when you get to Matthew, back up slowly, and you come to Jonah. Let me, let me share with you verse 41, uh, chapter 1, amen? Verse 41. I'm sorry, it's not, just, it's not verse 41. Uh, so let's take a look at uh, verse, verse 6, verse 5, chapter 1. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. And cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it up of them. But Jonah was going down to the sides of the ship. He laid and was fast asleep. Notice that as the prophet sleeps, upstairs they were looking for another God to deliver them. The same spirit that involved the people of God in the second temple. The same spirit that entered the liberal churches in America thinking that the raw of Egypt is sufficient to forgive sins, a piece of, piece of concrete. But Jonah was going down into the side of the ship as he laid and was fast asleep. Now, so the shipmaster came to him. Now, look, when God has a seal upon your life, when you have been called prophetically, because it is a prophetic utterance, look, look, in the year 862, the event took place where that we refer to the book of Jonah. And suddenly now, as we are at uh, the point of uh, trying to convince these Pharisees about what they're guilty of, Jesus uses the testimony of Jonah. And as they came to him, he said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon your God. So, so, if so be that God will think upon us, that we will perish not. Here's the prophet's stupor is rebuked by the heathen's faith. Arise, call upon your God. Petitions Jonah to pray to Jehovah. If so be that God will think upon us, that we, that we perish not. It's interesting. This is interesting. Even though these mariners worship many gods, they were used the word God with an article, Ha Elohim, the God, as if they have a dim notion of the one supreme deity, which no doubt they did. So in the heart of these mariners that had that ship in mind, 
They, they, they had a little space for Elohim. They knew there was something else out there. Many of you that are listening to me today, you know there's something out there. You know there's something greater that formed the skies and the constellations and, uh, and put the stars into place. I was listening to a song this morning coming to the office. He created the heavens and the earth and put the stars in this place. When you have a, an idea, a feeling, a thought, that is the Holy Spirit coming in. And that same presence is in the heart of Jonah. He knows he's out. He knows he's running. He's running from God. He knows he is weak. He knows he don't want to face the challenge of his call. And so, they come to him and ask him to plead with his God. And they said, everyone to his fellow, Come, let us cast lot that we may know for who caused this evil to come upon us. And they cast lot, and the lot fell on Jonah. <laughs> let me tell you, if you're a preacher listening to me, you have no way to hide. God is going to sift you in and bring you in and call you in and He's going to require of you. If you have been called of God to preach the truth, He's going to come after you and there's no way to hide. You can go to sleep. You can move to Florida. You can go to New York City and drive a taxi. He'll find you. Because you cannot deny the Lord of glory. You cannot run from the Lord of glory. You've got to face your call. And if you are a Jonah today, or if you are a Pharisee or a scribe in the times of Jesus, there's no way to hide. The Holy Spirit is coming after you. He's coming to take you out of hell by His mighty hand and pull you out of those dirty trains and poison and sickness and gooish and ugly and take you out of the mud and bring you back to where you're supposed to be. And the Holy Spirit will cause you to become a righteous man of God who has been called not to please men, but speak the truth. And so, I want to go back to, I want to go back to where I was. Amen? And let, me get, let me get to that. It's in, it's in, it's in Matthew. Amen? And let me, let me get it real quick. Hallelujah. So the sign of Jonah. Chapter 12 of, of, of Matthew, beginning with verse, chapter 12, beginning with verse 38. Now, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Meaning, it will be more, bear, more bear, bearing for the men of Nineveh who convictedly repented than for the Pharisee in Jerusalem that stood in the temple. Because they repented of the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. In other words, I'm talking to you. I'm saying to you something here. And I'm the Son of God, Jesus says. Why don't you just repent? Amen. Now, I want to finish with... i got three minutes. What is it that is against you? What is that is causing you not to be able to come to that moment of repentance? What is it that is bothering you? Because there's a lot of people that I'm talking to this morning who is tormented, bothered, bound, cannot get out of the situation. I explain. When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, the evil spirit, seeking rest and finding none. So as you are tormented, upset and angry and bitter, much more the unclean spirits when it comes out of you. 
because they can't find a place to rest. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit can cause a demon to shake. Then he says, the demon says, then he says, I will, now notice the demon talks, the demon suggests, the demons penetrate, the demons try to cause direction. Then, then he says, the demon says, I will return into my house for whence I came out. That happens when you rejected Jesus. In other words, you go to church, you get freed up. You go to the world, you get bound up. You go to church, you get freed up. You go into the world, you get bound up. And when he, the evil spirit, is come, he finds it empty. What do you mean? You see, you are out in the world. You're acting like a lost sheep. You don't want to ask God into your heart anymore. You only do that on Sunday. <laughs> you only on Sunday. And people that have only Sunday to go are people that are little, little, ugly little things in the hand of a demon. You're not a, you're not a solid human anymore. You're just a weak and wimpy Christian that, that Satan uses every time he wants to. And he garnished, swept and clean, filled with religious spirits. What is a religious spirit? Religious spirit is the spirit that practices adultery, spiritual adultery, worshiping other gods. It can't be the University of Georgia. It can't be the Bulldogs. If you go to see the Bulldogs play, and on Sunday you get drunk, and then next Sunday you go to church, might as well quit. Then he goes, he, and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. In other words, Satan is smart. If he did something, and he's coming back to get you, he'll bring seven more bigger than him. In other words, I want help. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. My brothers, I plead with you today that you will not in shape or form allow Satan to play games with you. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I repent of my sins. I believe in the sign of Jonah. That Jesus will rise from the, from the dead. I said into heaven. I know God. That I have been and out out of the kingdom. In the kingdom. Out of the kingdom. In the kingdom. But I ask you God today. That I return to you wholeheartedly. With my hands lifted up. Pleading with you that you forgive my sins. Pleading with you that you bless my life. Pleading with you that I will resist every single demon that comes after me to destroy and to rob my life. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, O oh God, I ask you to deliver me from this wish-wash Christian, Christian way of thinking. That I be bold. That I be powerful before your presence. That I serve you all the days of my life. And I'll be guided by you and not somebody else. In Jesus' name, Amen. Yeah.